Welcome to Wrestling with God Show, the podcast where we grapple with the big questions about faith, religion, and life. I'm Irish McMahon, and I'm here with my friend and Irish Catholic priest, Father Len McMillan. Hey, Irish. Hey, Father Len. So, are we ready? Ready. Okay, good. I want to talk about a word today. There's a word that is, I think, the foundation of our religion and the Catholic faith, and I think it's the foundation of all the great religions in the world, and the word is love. I also think it's uh, somewhat misunderstood, maybe even widely misunderstood. Let me start with a little Bible quote here, uh, something that Jesus tells us in the Bible, and he tells us that this is the greatest commandment. And this is what he says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So, Father Len, what, what is meant there by love? What is that? Is that, I mean, is that a feeling? Is that an emotion? Is that, what is that exactly? I would say, yes, it's all that, but it's more. And... A couple of years ago, a number of years ago, I had this funeral. Actually, it was a number of years ago. I had this funeral of this woman who died, and uh, I knew her. I knew her husband a little bit better. He was this former Marine, and he had said, and I just thought this was such a great story. He said, you know, when I married my wife, I loved her. He had just gotten out of the Marines and he met her and she was beautiful and hot and he just – Beautiful and hot. Well, he was honest. <laughs> he loved her and they went to get married and the day they got married, he kind of had this panic because he had the honesty to admit that he did love her and wanted it to last. But he realized that, well, I love her because she's beautiful and uh, I just – have this need to be around her but what happens over time she's and, not quite as hot yeah, 20 what, or 30 years later what happens I want this to last forever but what's going to happen and at least he had the self-awareness to realize a lot of it was attraction he did love her anyhow so that worried him so the day he got married he prayed that he would fall deeply in love with his wife unconditionally in love with his wife and I, he said to me before the funeral, he said, you know, I prayed for that and God granted that. They'd been married for years. And he says, God granted that. I loved her more the, the day she died than the day I married her. And I loved it because God took this romantic love and turned it into unconditional love. And actually, it, it really kind of shook me up when he told me that story because I realized, oh my God, I have missed something in priesthood. And that I should be praying to fall in love with my people. And so after that funeral, I decided, oh, my God, I need to do the same thing as this Marine. I need to pray to fall in love with my parish. God hasn't granted me that prayer yet. But <laughs> so there's a bunch of people you don't like, that you hate, <laughs> just, that you do, you wish well, they'd I, leave the parish? I, I love 70%. But um, <laughs> like I, I think in some ways – it's a choice and it's a feeling. It was a choice for that Marine that he prayed that he had fall deeply and unconditionally in love with his wife. So in one sense, it is a choice. And I want to fall deeply in love with my people. I, I, it's more than just being moral and nice. And 
There's well, it's interesting you tell this call. story because I mean, and you see, I, you see this a lot with celebrities who seem to get married and remarried and remarried and whatever over and over. And almost always there's some version of them when they're breaking up announcing that we've fallen out of love. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a great story that I read years ago by Gabriel Garcia Marquez called Love in the Time of Cholera. Uh-huh. I was in South America. I was actually in Colombia when I read it. And it just opened my eyes to another definition of love and maybe it's kind of – Easy, and maybe I'm behind the times. But can I just tell you the story of love in the time of cholera? Let's do it. So, okay, so love in the time of cholera. In Spanish, the word cholera could mean the disease or it could mean anger. It's another word for anger. So, so it uh, could be love in the time of anger. Right. And so the story starts off with his two teenagers who the parents can't keep them apart. The parents try – they insist on seeing each other. So the parents This is up. a boy and a girl, is it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so it starts off that way and they gave up and she meets him in the market and she looks at him and she says, I don't know what love is, but I'm not in love with you. Well, that's just a real shock. It was emotion and kind of disobeying their parents, but it's shock. So after that, they don't see each other. And the story is two parallel lines of how their lives go. She later meets this doctor and she admits the doctor loves her, but she doesn't completely love the doctor. But at least she's smart enough to realize the doctor knows what love is. And the rest of the story is kind of the story of uh, the couple. It starts with this great line of him dying. The opening scene is of the doctor dying as an old man. And so they, do, they get married. They, they got married. They get married. They have a great, passionate marriage. And the opening Even scene, though she didn't think she loved him at she first. She came to love him. Okay. Because he loved her? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, and I love the death scene where uh, he falls out of a um, tree foolishly and – looks at her and says, God only knows how much I loved you. And he really did. She admittedly had to kind of learn love, but he did passionately love her. But they had all these crazy, silly arguments. They would argue about the silliest things. I can relate to that in my marriage. (laughs) They they argue about – like anyhow, so in this interview with Gabriel Garcia Marquez, they asked asked him, where did you – come up with such a crazy couple and he laughed and he said well to be honest it was my parents and he said my parents loved each other but I could never understand as a kid why they'd have these huge arguments over nothing over toothpaste and toilet paper and the silliest things and that's when I suddenly realized he said oh my gosh that is what true love looks like true love looks like Two older people who argue about something small. And he came to realize that's what cholera, that when you really love somebody, there's also a little bit of anger there because the two can't completely become one. I just – I know that's a bizarre It's a little bizarre. But, but the opposite is the – remember they're teenagers. The other guy who's a poet, uh, the other guy, when – 
as a teenager, he would write these love poetry to her and he'd eat flowers. He's so in love with her. And, you know, she made him feel like a million bucks. And at first when they break up, you like as a reader, you take his side. Like he's just so passionate. Well, it goes downhill from there where he's so distraught about losing her. losing her. He goes with a prostitute. And then slowly over time, the book ends with him in his 70s and she's in his 70s. And he actually – it's kind of disgusting. Uh, he'd become foster parent to some teenage girl who then he was trying to seduce. And he's just this disgusting, lecherous 70-year-old man. And it's kind of shocking. You think, what happened to him? And then at the end of the book, you realize because the two of them, after the doctor dies, the two of them come together in their 70s. And they're on this boat and they're confined to this boat because there's cholera, the disease outside. And she has to try to explain to him what love is. And the problem with him is that his definition of love was always how you make me feel. Yep. And even as a teenager, she realized that's a form of selfishness. I can't get involved with that. So if you don't make me feel good, if you don't. Right. Ma- yeah. So what's the difference between the young teenage poet who's writing poetry and eating flowers because she makes him feel this way and the 70 year old man who's trying to take advantage of a teenage girl? There's no difference. His definition of love was always selfish. How does and she it make may me not, feel? Yeah, and she may not have known what love is, but she knows what selfish was. And the doctor, his love was never selfish. They had their problems. They, are, they, they actually at one point have one serious problem, but um, they never argued over the really big things of life. His definition of love, the doctor's definition of love, was actually more self-sacrificing. That's why she married him. So that was a great revelation to me that, wow, just because it has flowers and intensity, if it's selfish, it's selfish. And so, yeah, you have these Hollywood figures that fall in and out of love, but it's a narcissistic love. Now, Yeah, it's, um, like, it's like if this hot – this hot chick that you, quote, fall in love with gains 20 pounds, all of a sudden you go, you know, I don't want you anymore. Or if you don't make me feel a certain way, then... Yeah, you're out of here. Go back to the Marine, who the Marine, yeah, he was, had romantic love for his wife, Eros. But at least there had to been the seeds of unconditional love. And in Greek, there's different words for love. Unfortunately, in English, we have one word for love, love. But in Greek, uh, and I just think this is brilliant, there's uh, so many different words for love. Love of one's family, romantic love, eros, uh, love of one's friends. There's all these different types of loves. But there's one word for unconditional love unconditional, self-sacrificing love, and that's agape. And that's the kind of love that Jesus, that right. God, is when talking he, when about. When he says, my command is to love one another as I have loved you, how did he love us? With unconditional love. If the command is to love with all your heart, mind, and soul, and your neighbor as yourself, that love is supposed to be this unconditional, self-sacrificing love. And so I like – this is my idea. It's not particularly mine – 
but I like the idea that in all these other loves, whether it's love of family or romantic love, there's the seed of unconditional love, agape, that's a word for unconditional love, that maybe there's a little bit of agape there that can grow and like the Marine at the end of his life, I loved her unconditionally. Or this woman who, when she had her baby and she held her baby in her arms, she said, I love her more than evolution requires. That as she held that baby, she would die for this baby. That's not biology. There's something profound there. Or Dorothy Day, who ends up a saint. Dorothy Day is this atheist. And when she held her daughter in her arms after giving birth, she knew she was wrong, that there had to be a God. She says a lot of people come to God out of pain or misery. I came out of great joy. When I held my daughter in my arms, I felt this desire to sacrifice unconditional love for this child. I would say in all these love, romantic love, love of one's friends, it's really trying to teach us the divine love. Those are, those are called natural loves, love of one's family and friends and partners. Those are the easy ones. Well, sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. But <laughs> like in philosophy, they're the natural loves. Agape is something supernatural. Even well, the Greek philosophers believe let's, that. Let's take this to kind of the ultimate sacrifice then because you're talking about sacrificial love and that's what God is talking about here. God tells us to love our enemies. Right. How, how do you do that exactly? What does that mean? Like if somebody rapes my daughter, how do I love that person? What, well, what, what, what is, what is God saying example. to us? Yes. I thought one of the shining examples uh, – probably a decade ago, is when that shooter went to those Amish, that Amish community. And do you remember that in the news? Went no. to this Amish community. Yeah, too many shootings these I know. days. I think I've so got them all sad. confused. Jake, how many – it was like three kids? 20 or 30. Anyway. 20 or 30 years ago, was it? No, 20 or 30 oh. kids. Um, I, I thought it was three. We're, we're consulting our engineer here. Sir. Our, our my memory shot. He doesn't shot. remember either. But no, but, but, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't Tell matter. the story. These kids were killed by this shooter who just wanted to kill life. And they're Amish. They're peace-loving people. And the most amazing part was, and I, I think they showed the nation what love is. The Amish community gathered together and prayed for the killer. They prayed for the killer's family, what they must be going through. Now, they're not condoning what the killer did. But in this – They're, they're really, praying for his well-being and for the well-being of the family, hoping that somehow he this – killed himself. He did but kill himself. They didn't want him to end up in this place of hell of complete hatred. So they end up praying for him. They end up praying for his family and for the children that they lost. But even in their worst pain, they couldn't act out in, in anger. That's pretty amazing. They could be brokenhearted but not act out on I want to destroy him and his family. They're actually concerned about him while their own hearts were breaking. To me, that's a great example of unconditional love that I'm not condoning what the shooter did any more than they did. But unconditional love means you can't force me into a life of hatred. Even my worst enemy can't force me into a life of hatred. Which traps me in a horrible place. Yeah. I mean, just a horrible place. So, I mean, that makes total sense. 
All right, Father Lynn, I, uh, I think that's, that's a good way to wrap this up today. I hope you'll join us next time when we continue our journey here on Wrestling with God, uh, climbing the mountain of life, searching for truth and meaning and purpose in our lives. In the meantime, if you have a question for Father Len or for us to grapple with about faith or religion or life, we'd love to hear from you. Just head over to our website, www.gshow.com. That's www.gshow.com. And click on the questions button. We also encourage you to subscribe, rate, and review the Wrestling With God show at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps people discover us. So thanks for listening. See you next time. Mm -hmm.